Hello, this is your host, Austin Hopkins, and welcome to the Introvert Leader Podcast. Welcome to episode 13. Pumped, excited, jazzed to have you guys here today. We're going to be talking about all things hiring. So really excited to jump into that content in just a moment. But before we do, quick updates on me. Uh, Music-wise, I've been listening to an artist named Mariah the Scientist. She's awesome. R&B. She's got an amazing voice. And I love her song, Revenge. It's off of her 2022 album, I believe. And it's actually a sample of Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River. So I always love when songs... Uh, sample music that I like, and they do it in a, an interesting way. So really highly recommend her. Great music to listen to, and that song is awesome. As far as YouTube content, I actually stumbled upon a guy named Yuri Wong. And essentially, from what I can tell, he takes music and loops it. So he uses Looping Station and creates really interesting music. And most recently, what I've been loving of his stuff is that he takes famous lines or quotes from movies and he then makes that into a song. So the song that really kind of caught my attention with him is called I'm a Dude. And it is the sample of the line from Tropic Thunder where Robert Downey Jr. is kind of talking about his character. And so if you haven't listened to this guy, which you probably haven't, uh, you probably have seen Tropic Thunder, then you're going to like this this song and this uh, YouTube channel. So highly recommend you checking him out. Just easy stuff to listen to, kind of fun stuff to, to vibe out to. Updates for me, uh, nothing too crazy. I am excited. I'm headed back to Washington State and then Arizona next week to check out some potential cities to live in and see the fam. So it should be good to, to head over there and kind of get a little vacay. Um, but I will tell you, I just checked the weather in AZ and oh my goodness, it is a hot one. I think it's like 110 today. So we'll see if I melt. We'll see if I regret our decision to move to AZ. But looking forward to that trip and then really looking forward to seeing my fam as well. So Let's jump into it. So why do we want to discuss hiring? So as I mentioned in my last episode, one of the most important ways to keep a culture healthy is to hire the right people, right? You can absolutely screw up a culture by hiring the wrong people. And so many leaders don't really know what to look for, or they spend time focusing on the wrong things when they're looking to hire someone. And, you know, during my career, I've hired countless people from all walks of life. And I can confidently say that I've made a lot of mistakes, but over time, I have mastered the art of hiring the right people. I can confidently and humbly say that I've been able to find a way to figure out a person during the interview or in our brief interactions and figure out if they're going to be a good fit for my culture and if see if they're going to be a good fit for the company. So that's really why I want to talk about hiring. I want to give folks some key kind of takeaways, some strategies, some repeatable processes that they can implement to hire the right people. So during the episode today, we're going to talk about what I always looked for when I was hiring someone. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the hiring strategies I've used, uh, how to work with recruiters. Uh, We're going to go in through some of the kind of common hiring mistakes and some of the uh, benefits of hiring the right people and some of the risks of hiring the wrong people. And then of course, I always like to, to finish it up with a story that kind of brings it all together. So to jump into it today, let's start with what I look for when I'm hiring someone. So every time I set out to hire someone in my career, I always thought about what I was looking for before I went into the interviews, before I even started that process, right? I wanted to make sure that whoever I hired could fit into the culture I had created. That was the most important thing for me. 
right? And if I wasn't 100% certain that the person we were looking to hire would fit into the culture, then I just wouldn't hire them. Even if they checked a lot of boxes, uh, I would go with my gut. And if I could tell that they weren't going to be a good fit culturally, I just wouldn't take the risk. So the things that I always looked for in candidates it were basically these five to seven things, right? And in no particular order, number one, I wanted to find out, are they someone who's focused on adding value, right? Folks that are focused on adding value at, at all costs, they tend to do better, right? Because they're focused on what really matters. Another one was, are, is this a person that's humble? Are they braggy? Are they... Uh, cocky, because if they're cocky, if they think they're better than they are, I had no interest in them working on my team. So humility was a big thing that I looked for. Moving on, I looked for people that were selfless, people that could take care of their teammates, people that weren't just in it for their own goals, their own priorities, but they actually cared about the people around them. That was a big one that I cared about. Another one that I always looked for was, could they follow through, right? Are they the kind of people that stopped when things got hard, or do they actually see through the whole situations? Could they take feedback? Are they someone that I could give feedback to, constructive feedback, and they could use that to grow, to get better, uh, to better suit the, the needs of the team? Another one that I, I really loved was, was there something that I could learn from this person, right? If I'm looking to hire someone and I feel like there's nothing I could learn from them, nothing that they have mastered, nothing that they've accumulated or learned amongst you know their their life or their career, then I was less likely to want to hire that person because if they're just like me and they feel like they're kind of just the, the same version of me, I don't really want to have a team of a whole bunch of Austins, right? I want to have a team that has a whole bunch of different people that fit together in the right way. And then something else that I always looked for, and this was a big one, was are they a positive or a negative person, right? And you can kind of tell when you're interacting with someone. Are they a the kind of person that feels woe is me, that everything's against them, that they don't have control over their future or things that happen to them? And if so, I had zero interest in working with someone like that because what I found is that folks that are negative, that assume things are out of control and that assume that everyone's against them or that, you know, they're unable to control what's around them. Uh, they are not good workers in my opinion, and they are big, big culture drains. So those are some of the things that I always looked for when I was actually looking to hire someone. So when you're actually hiring someone, right, obviously you're going to be interviewing folks and I'm going to be real honest with you. I absolutely hated interviewing people. I did not like it. Uh, I felt uncomfortable doing it even till the very end when I was just interviewing people this year, uh, right? 15 years of working in banking, I still did not enjoy interviewing people. And for me, the reason I didn't enjoy it is because I felt like it was a very formal scenario, right? You only had maybe 30 minutes to an hour to figure out if this person was the right person for the team. They were on edge, uh, they felt some nervousness. I felt some nervousness. So I just didn't really enjoy it. And I also believed and thought that, you know, interviews are important. Don't get me wrong. They're very important, but they're also just one part of the story, right? I know plenty of people that are some of the most hardworking, driven, talented people in the world, but they suck at interviews, right? They just don't like interviews. So that being said, we still got to interview people, right? When we're looking to hire someone for a team. So the things that I always like to do to kind of set that up and make that experience not so crappy was a few things. One, I would always try to focus on the human versus the resume, right? So I know I have a resume in front of me of someone I'm looking to hire, but a resume is just a version of that person, but it's not the full story, right? I know people that are incredibly valued, but might not have the pedigree or might not have the formal education. 
that doesn't mean that they're not valuable and that doesn't mean they couldn't be a great fit for the team. So focus on the human you have in front of you versus the resume. Another one that I always uh, kind of approached interviews with is assuming the best, right? It can be easy to look at someone who gets nervous or says the wrong thing during an interview. And, and trust me, those things are I'm paying attention to, but overlook certain things, right? Overlook the nerves. If everything checks out, right? If everything else makes sense, their answers were good, you can get the vibe that this is a person you want to work with, then overlook the, you know, the little things, right? Those aren't as important as you might think. Another one for me is, you know, if it was possible, I always tried to get the folks on my team to also interview and get the blessing before we hired someone. So up until, you know, my most recent team, every time I would hire someone, I would want to have two or three people from my team do an interview as well. Right now, this is within reason, right? And something I hate within the whole interviewing hiring process is making people go through, you know, 17 interviews. That's not what I'm talking about here. But what I would like to do is I usually would do an interview myself. And then I would invite two or three people from my team to also conduct an interview with this person. And it really was interesting because number one, the folks on the team felt like they had some ownership of who we were going to hire on the team, who we're going to bring in to work with them, which they did. And two, I was able to get different perspectives on candidates that, you know, just myself, I couldn't figure out, right? Certain things maybe I didn't see, I didn't pick up on, but having other people interview these people as well, it was interesting because I would get to learn new things and they would mention things that I hadn't thought of. And so that was a, another big one that I always like to do. Something else that I think is really important as you kind of approach interviews is don't put people through extra interview crap if you already know you don't want to hire them, right? If you've already made up your mind that you're not going to hire them, don't ask them to do a whole bunch of projects, 30, 60, 90 day plans. Don't make them go through 30 interviews, right? Give them a fair shot. But if you know they're not going to be a good fit for your team, don't waste their time. So I want to give you a couple of the questions that I asked during all of the interviews, right? And these are, I can't say they're the best questions in the world. They're just the questions that I felt most comfortable asking and that I usually got the most information from the candidate when I asked them. So it uh, looks like there's a total of five. The first one is, what have you learned recently? Right? I asked this question because I want to get a, an understanding. Is this a person that is constantly looking to learn? Are they reading books? Are they listening to podcasts? Are they watching videos? Are they reading articles? Or are they just spending all of their free time on TikTok watching food videos? Hey, nothing wrong with that, spending your time on TikTok or YouTube watching you know, fun content, but you always got to have a balance, right? People need to be learning and growing. Otherwise, they're not the kind of people I want to work with. Another question I always ask was, what would your current manager say is your best quality and the thing you need to work on, right? And this question was interesting because people are trying to figure out what to say and what makes them look good in the in the best light, what makes them look bad. But I always seem to get pretty good answers for this that would show me a little bit about how they view themselves, right? Is this a person that has some self-awareness? Um, another question I always like to ask is, how do you like to get feedback, right? Because I want to get an understanding, are they a person that prefers direct feedback? Are they a person that doesn't want any feedback or only when they think they need it? And so by asking that question, I got an understanding, is this a person that could be molded into what we need for the team? Could they be, um, you know, given feedback without that crushing their soul, right? And another one I always like to ask was, what was the hardest part of your last job, right? I would ask this question because it would give me a sense of what this person saw as their limitations or what this person saw as the things that were challenging to them. And that also gives me insight to figure out, hey, maybe those are going to be some of the same challenges we have here. For example, 
let's say they said, hey, you know, the hardest part of my last job was balancing so many things at once. Well, if they're applying for a job with me and I have a lot going on in my team, it's probably not going to work if they have a lot of things they have to juggle here. If that was the hardest part of their last job, right? So those are some of the things you can kind of ask to figure out. My favorite question, my last question is, what is your why? I wanted to figure out why the person in front of me does what they do, right? Why do they get up every morning? Why do they go to work? Why do they, they work hard to get a salary? Is it for money? Is it for fame? Is it for helping others? Is it for helping the sick family member? I don't care what it is. I want to figure out what that why is, right? And uh, Simon Sinek, one of my favorite authors and thought leaders, talks about finding your why and how when you work with people who have a similar why, it's crazy the success that comes. So I really wanted to work with people that had a similar why of me, right? And my why as a reminder is to help folks become the best version of themselves. So whenever I was interviewing someone and they told me their why was they like to help people, that was probably a good sign that this is a person that's going to gel well with me. Okay. So we talked about some of the most common interview questions I asked. What I want to do is kind of transition and talk about some of the hiring strategies that I've, I've taken throughout my career that has really helped me continuously hire top tier talent and find people to help grow the team, the department that I was working in. So for me, something that I always kind of did was I always had a short list or a bench of people that I think could add value to the team, right? These are people that I took a note on that I either met in a meeting or I heard about, or I saw their name on a report that when they had great performance, doesn't matter. I, I made a little list of people I thought could be a good fit, right? And I kept my eye on them, right? I would check in on them. Maybe I'd send them a text or a call or an email, or I would look at their performance from time to time, but I'm just keeping my eye out of people that I think might be a good fit. And this was nice because multiple times down the line, I would then be able to hire those people and I would be able to save time because I already kind of thought they might be a good fit for me. So really, really good strategy that helps kind of always keeping you ready for that next time you're going to need to hire someone. Another one for me is make sure the people around you know what you need. So something that I always like to do is tell the people on my team, tell uh, the recruiters, my peers, anyone what I was looking for. And in fact, in a moment, we'll talk a little bit more about the importance of working with recruiters. But again, making sure people are aware of what you need, because if you don't say anything, you know, you're not going to get any extra help. But it's funny when you start mentioning what you need to people and what you're looking for, people would come out the woodwork to make recommendations or introduce people to me. So really, really helpful. Another one would be, you know, look for talent in unusual places, right? So I'm going to tell you guys a story later that's going to illustrate this. But for me, I thought this was a really, really important way to find the best because selfishly speaking, uh, I kind of have an unusual background, right? I don't have a formal education. Um, you know, I didn't go to a fancy school, but I was able to carve out a really successful career at a young age. And had someone not given me those opportunities early on, I don't think I'd be where I am today. So for me, always something that I was looking to do is finding talent in unusual places. So people with non-traditional backgrounds, people with something to prove, uh, look for people on LinkedIn. Um, a lot of times finding people with those unusual backgrounds or experiences, they ended up being the best fit for the roles that I, I pursued and hired. So a couple of good strategies there. And Another one would be, and this kind of goes into culture and, and leading a team effectively is hire for what you need, not for what you already have, right? I don't want to hire the same type of people because I'm going to get the same type of results. I liked to have a team of a whole bunch of random people that don't have any similarities from the outside. But when you get them into that team, they 
perfectly fit with each other and complemented each other's strengths and weaknesses. So it's funny, if you were to look at any of the teams that I've managed over the year, they didn't look like a normal team, right? I had old people, young people, people with education, people with no education, um, you know, people in their mid-career, in their early career, in their late career, it doesn't matter. I would try to just put together the best group of people regardless of what they looked like and regardless of what they came into the situation with. And then the last one is, and this is a no-brainer, but you got to go with your gut. This has always been and will continue to be the best way to evaluate potential employees, right? In each one of us, we have something like what I like to call our knower, right? We, you can call it your gut, your soul, whatever it is. But this is that thing inside of you that you, without even knowing, you can evaluate people that you meet in life and figure out, is this a person I want to spend time with or not? Is this a person that I think is a good person, someone who is putting the needs of others before their own, who cares about others, or is this a selfish person, right? So for me, anytime I went with my gut, it was always the right decision. I can't stress the importance of that. And so I'll say it again, always go with your gut. So if you're, if there's something telling you, Hey, take a chance on this person and hire them, you need to do it. And if there's something telling you, ah, man, this person looks good on paper, but I just don't feel right about them. Then don't hire that person and it will serve you well. And it also eliminates regret later on, right? A minute ago, I talked about working with recruiters. I think this is something really important. So I want to touch on this for just a second, specifically about the importance with working with the recruiters within your company. So three things that I always did when I was working with recruiters. Number one is I always was extremely honest and specific on what did I need, right? So what kind of experience was I looking for? The skills, the background, the certifications, whatever it may be. I was really honest and specific on what I was looking for. That way, when the recruiters screen people, they're not going to waste my time and they're going to get me the best people that fit kind of the criteria I had. Another one that I always like to do is anytime I was working with a recruiter, I always like to start with helping them understand what the role was and the team and really walking them through the current state of the team, you know, where we're going and how this new person could potentially help. And this really was great because again, it got that recruiter to think like me, to think about the needs that we had within the team. And again, get the best candidates to me. And I've seen this payoff over and over again. I've, I've gotten some of the most random candidates sent to me from recruiters that, you know, they found on LinkedIn because they had something I was looking for and that ended up being the best employees ever. So two really good strategies. The last one is give them feedback, right? So when they send you a good candidate, whether or not you hire that person or not, give them some feedback, give them some love, show them that, Hey, that was a great person you sent my way. Again, right? The more you recognize something, the more of that behavior you get. And then of course, on the flip side of that, make sure to give them feedback when things don't go so well. So when they send you a bad candidate that really just doesn't fit what you're looking for at all, make sure to give them that feedback, of course, in a respectfully what, a respectful way, but tell them kind of what you're looking for and maybe the things that they could look for next time. So again, working with recruiters, you want to be able to control that process from the very beginning to the very end, the whole hiring process. So if you can get the best candidates sent to you ahead of time, you're going to save time your team is going to save time because they're going to be interviewing people. So really, really good strategies to just make it, make it far more efficient. So I want to move on into some of the most common mistakes that I've seen. And boy, have I seen lots and lots of hiring mistakes in my years. So in no particular order, the, the four things that really stand out to me, right, is people are rushing the hiring process because they need a role filled, right? Right. I'm going to raise my hand and say, I've been guilty of this in my career. I have done this. 
Don't be like me. Don't make this mistake. Do not rush the hiring process. It is so much better to run short-staffed, to not have enough people on your team than it is to hire someone that's wrong for the role that you end up regret hiring and have to fire or they leave or quit within six months to a year. It's not worth it. So don't rush that process. Take your time. Focus on the big picture. Don't think micro, think macro. The next one is a mistake I've seen people make is hiring the loudest or most outgoing person, right? There's nothing wrong with being outgoing, but in my opinion, the people that are the loudest, that are boisterous, that um, are overbearing tend to not be so great in a team aspect. So anytime I had someone come in who was just way too intense, way too loud, coming in aggressive, coming in hot, as I like to say, probably wasn't going to hire that person because that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone that can gel, that can vibe with the rest of the team, right? Another one is anytime I was looking internally, um, I made it sure to to ask about the candidate before I interviewed them. So ask around, right? If you're hiring for someone internal and you have an internal candidate, ask around, you know, ask their old manager how they were, ask an old colleague how they did, how were they on projects? Did they follow through? right? Get as much information you can as possible, right? Don't just use that one experience you have interviewing with them to figure out if they're good or not. And then the last one, I think for me that, that is a big mistake is a lot of times people will hire the top performer because they think that's the best person. And Hey, top performers can be great. But what I have seen the mistake is a lot of times they will hire the top performer, but that person lacks self-awareness. So on paper, they have great performance results and they're killing it. But if you talk to anybody around them, they don't like working with them, right? They are selfish. They focus on themselves. They're not collaborative. So I would always be a little bit weary if they were a top performer. I wanted to figure out, well, what was that other stuff, right? What was that emotional side looking like? Were they someone that could actually fit into a team or are they kind of destined to be just a lone wolf? So those are kind of the the big mistakes that I've seen in my career. And to wrap up, before we go into story, I want to just give you the the, the risks of hiring poorly. I don't want to give you the benefits of hiring properly. So if you're hiring the wrong people, you're going to see culture drain, you're going to see poor performance, and you're going to get extra work and stress for you and the team. So really, really important to not hire folks poorly. And the benefits of hiring properly, right, can be the the exact opposite, right? You're going to see better culture. You're going to see culture builders. You're going to see better performance results. And you're going to have less work for you and the team, which, by the way, who doesn't want less work and less stress, right? So really, really important. Focus on hiring the right people. Focus on that process early on in the interviewing and the scrubbing of candidates to make sure that you're hiring the right people that fit into that culture that you've worked so hard to create. We talked about a lot today. We talked about interviewing, the risks of hiring the wrong people, the benefits of hiring the right people. We talked about working with recruiters, hiring strategies, et cetera. What I want to do is kind of pull it all together and tell you a story of how I really was able to tap into finding talent in unusual places. So I was working at a major bank in Washington state at the time, right? This was 2015, I think. And I was running a pretty high traffic branch with lots of merchants and business owners, right? Merchants are people that own a business who come in and do transactions. Uh, But unfortunately, I didn't have a teller dedicated to this clientele. So this was a problem, right? Uh, I would have long lines out the door. On average, I would see anywhere from five to 10 people standing in line at any given time. And they had really long transactions and they needed more support. And I needed a teller that could handle those clients, right? These were more sophisticated transactions. 
they took longer, there was more risk. So I, I really needed someone. And in most bigger branches like mine, they actually had a dedicated teller to do this. Um, I needed one ASAP, but I didn't have anyone. Right, so I made sure to kind of mention this within my region, and I asked folks to kind of keep their eyes out of, of anyone they thought might be a good fit. And I remember it was the summer of 2015, and I heard about this teller who was working at the biggest branch in the region. And she had lots of experience working with merchants. Uh, but let me tell you about her. She was 55 years old. She was five foot two Korean lady. She had the most thick accent, which made her incredibly hard to understand. And to be honest with you, at the time, she had a reputation of being intense and sometimes challenging to work with, right? She had been with this company for 15 years in a variety of back office positions, but had been stuck in that teller position for so many years. And I think the, the big reason was people wrote her off, right? It was, maybe it was her reputation or maybe they just didn't think that she was capable of more. But I like to pride myself on keeping an open mind. So I scheduled an interview with her, a chat, an informal conversation about the possibility of being the merchant teller at my branch. And during that chat, she came across as intense, but kind. And I could tell this was a person that was capable of greater things, but she just hadn't got the chance. She'd either been told or she had self-imposed this kind of ceiling on her career. I remember her telling me during that interview, yeah, I'll probably just be a teller until I retire. Right. And, uh, you know, I found out through our conversation that she had actually successfully moved to a foreign country. She had started a business and she had spent 15 years at this company. And this wasn't easy to do for someone who spoke English as their second language. So anybody who can do things like that, that tells me something that tells me that person has something that's unique. That's something that's value. So I took the risk and I hired her to be the merchant teller at my branch, right? In my gut, I felt this is the right thing to do. Regardless of her reputation, I can tell that there's value here. And within the first week, it was abundantly clear to me that I had found a gym. Not only did she help quickly reduce the client wait time, she also took on so many operational tasks to help me out. Anytime I felt like I needed something, she was there to help me out. It was the coolest thing. Fast forward six months later, and she continued to excel and actually became the most successful teller at my branch in sales metrics. She became really good friends with my life over the years and continued to be one of the most thoughtful and kind human beings I've ever known. She was one of the greatest gift givers, right? We all know about the love languages and one of her love languages was gift giving. And she always gave us the most thoughtful gifts on our birthday and anniversary. And I ended up working with her for another three years during which she was promoted two more times, well past the ceiling she thought she had. And eventually she even took on a leadership role. I got to tell you, when I found out that she had took on a leadership role and that she continued to move up, I felt so much pride for her and I just could not be more proud of her. Someone who thought she, she had hit her ceiling, that she wasn't going to do anything else, had blown past it. And, you know, I call myself lucky and blessed to have worked alongside of her. She made me better. Uh, you know, I had found an incredible employee. And I also found a friend. So do yourself a favor, hire with your gut, look for talent where people least expect it, and you're going to find some of the best people you've ever worked with. So to wrap things up today, the challenge, if you're a leader who's in the hiring phase, look for unusual talent this week, right? Find people that with something to prove. Focus on the human rather than the resume. And if you're going into an interview, do your best to show your human side. This is always the best way to stand out and give yourself a shot. Thank you so much for listening. 
Make it a great day. The Introvert Leader Podcast. Subscribe for new episodes every other Wednesday.